Here is the third and final post on the book A Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century by Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying. Today we'll round out the discussion focusing on children, school and how to become a better adult in a world that wants you to behave like a man-child. If this is up your alley, listen on and check out the book. You've found the Selfers Lab podcast. My name is David Hart. Childhood and the Blank Slate Humans are not blank slates, but in all of nature we are the blankest. We have the longest childhood and the greatest amount of plasticity. We are born with broad potential that narrows over time. Spending time as children allows kids to learn about their environment and themselves. Scheduling all of their time, keeping them from risk and exploration, prevents the software, what they are learning, from refining the hardware, the brain, and allowing them to be the best adults they can be. Animals that don't have childhoods are less flexible. Think of something like a brush turkey that comes fully programmed out of the egg and requires no parental guidance whatsoever. Children will learn from parents, family and friend groups. When left to unstructured play, they tend to resolve disputes quickly and rarely have accidents. Compare this to the modern school environment where all play is supervised and mediated by adults. Children will self-program if we let them. We should let kids explore and take risks. This will create better adults. With the clamping down on exposing our kids to risks comes the rise of measuring arbitrary metrics to track their supposed progress. We like to measure the when with children as if this is the important metric. When did he start to walk? Are you concerned she's not reading yet? Shouldn't he be speaking now? We tend to believe it is risky if our child misses an arbitrary benchmark that has no real bearing on the child's development. Aim for anti-fragility. Humans are anti-fragile. We grow stronger when exposed to manageable risks. We start out incredibly fragile as infants and end up as anti-fragile adults. Obviously, exposing children to risk and challenge is still context-dependent. You don't let your six-year-old navigate highway traffic on an electric scooter. Ensure you bond tightly with your children early on so that they know they are loved and can always return to you if need be. Any set of rules applied to your children will quickly be learned and they will try and game the system. The asking of questions around the established rules should be encouraged. This creates thinking adults that cannot easily be dominated by arbitrary authoritarian dictates. Static rules don't work, so you need to update as required. Make them dynamic and discuss them with your children as if they are mature and responsible. Hold them accountable. Don't make idle threats. Let them know they're loved and the reason for the rule. A note on self-soothing. Leaving a child in a dark room alone and expecting them to comfort themselves doesn't make any sense. The baby may just be trying to learn that they are safe, laying down neuronal pathways that will determine future behaviour. To abandon a newborn and expect them to flourish in the dark without the warmth of their mother is an unnatural and disturbing mode of parenting.
Let them play, fight, argue, explore and compete. Play It has been proposed helps children develop kinematic and emotional flexibility to handle unexpected, uncontrolled situations. It costs energy and risks injury, but play persists through evolution, so it must be adaptive. It must be assumed that there is tremendous benefit. When children play without top-down enforcement of rules by adults, they are learning deep truths about play. They receive mentorship and nurturing from older playmates and the opportunity to lead young playmates and be creative. Let children sort things out themselves. They'll learn more than you can imagine about the world and their place in it. of remembering everything. Childhood is a continual act of transformation. Unfortunately, there is now a permanent record of everything. No other generation in the history of humans has been able to look back at every stage of development with high-resolution photos and comments from family, friends, and in some cases, the wider general public. We are not the same beings that we were. Forgetting what we were is essential to actual growth. If we try to hold ourselves to a previous identity, we limit our future. The incomplete nature of memory is not a flaw. We are designed to forget to allow ourselves to make mistakes, transform our identity, and become adults. Right, so what to do next? Encourage active engagement with the physical world. The real world and the other people in it are important for informing an accurate worldview for the child. Let children play without adult supervision. They will learn things that you cannot teach them, important things regarding negotiation and compromise. Consistently follow through on your promises. Make yourself someone you can be trusted by your children. Expect that static rules will get gamed. Encourage the questioning of rules and speak to your children as if they are reasoning adults. What is it good for? Teaching is rare in the environment and school is brand new in our evolution. School provides useful instruction for reading and writing and learning science and written history. It is good for basic maths. But once you are literate, you can teach yourself many things without needing school. School can also be useful for exploring contradictions, paradoxes, holding counterpositions in your head and learning argumentation and reason to learn abstraction, to see the big picture. Unfortunately, this is generally not what is taught in school because it is harder to measure. Memory and recall are easier to assess, so the teaching collapses into metrics based on these more often than not. It is far harder to measure critical thinking, logic and creativity. What is school? School is, at its core, parenting outsourced. It is focused on measurable metrics, generally the speed and quantity at which a student can regurgitate knowledge. It is, however, knowledge without wisdom. The purpose of a child's education should be to help them answer the question, who am I and what am I going to do about it? Encourage children to explore fringe positions. Most of these positions are wrong, but this is where progress is made in society, not where the known answers are. Exploring the fringe positions is also instructive as to why a certain position is wrong and how we develop the current orthodoxy of society. School should not be gameable. A kid should not be able to win at school. They should not be taught through fear. 
Fear was expounded upon students in years gone by through physical abuse, but now it has taken the form of bad grades and informing parents of how their child does not fit into the structure presented at school. This allows for easy control of children in the short term, but it creates adults who can't trust their own decision-making and demand controlled environments. Children need to be regularly exposed to discomfort and uncertainty through interactions with their peers, the environment, the material and the adult teachers. Modern schools have become so risk-averse that they provide extremely protective short-term environments that ultimately damage society at large by producing adults that are not anti-fragile. They protect against the possibility of an individual tragedy on a field trip and facilitate larger societal tragedies by producing dull, medicated and inflexible adults. Tools are more valuable than facts. You don't grow when you are comfortable. Perceptions need to be destabilised. Students should be forced to generate answers to problems using their logic and rigour before checking in with the internet. If we always look up the answer, it makes us completely reliant on others. It kills logic and creative thought. Students should be taught that the dangers of the real world cannot easily be cordoned off and to stay calm and use logic when faced with an uncomfortable challenge. What to do next? Teach children to honour good rules and question bad ones. The value of knowing something real about the physical world and that classrooms are sterile boxes removed from the real world. Becoming adults. Rites of passage have become very rare in Western culture. Remember, if a trait is complex, has energetic or material costs, and persists over evolutionary time, it is an adaption. So what has been the cost of discarding these rites of passage? We've ended up with a situation where we can have adults who are effectively 30-year-old children and 8-year-olds with adult-like responsibilities for deciding their own gender. Rites of passage were easier to track and to hold members of a community to account in the past because there was a shared societal narrative, a common story as to where we were going and what a good life looked like. Now there is a vast array of divergent narratives to choose from so the system can be easily gamed. Who is to say I am not progressing through significant rites of passage as I play this online video game with thousands of other people? It's worth noting that marketing in the modern world is aimed at undermining rites of passage and selling infantile values that make you a crappy adult, unable to take responsibility for your actions or your life. Marketing thrives by creating dissatisfaction, hacking our motivational structures. So how then to become a functioning adult? Laboratory of the Self. Humans are their own unique and complex system. There are some universals, but every individual is dysfunctional in their own unique way. The ultra-noisy modern environment is making our dysfunction even worse. To work out what works for your unique dysfunction, you have to treat yourself as a laboratory. Test hypotheses on yourself. Try to simplify things and ignore the noise while trying to identify the all-important signal. Change only one thing at a time. Commit to it fully and completely. Give it time to work and make notes on your progress. This is critical to making progress and thinking for yourself through observed results. The real world. It is a sad truth that the more educated you get, the more you disengage with testing your ideas in the real world. 
The philosophical branch of postmodernism even doubts our ability to perceive the physical world. While postmodernism does point to biases from our sensory apparatus, most modern applications have gone so far to be beyond ridiculous, believing all of reality is a social construct. For example, some postmodernists have taken issue with Einstein's conclusions due to his privilege and whiteness, indicating his biases prevent him from knowing true reality. Anyone who has to deal with the real world, for example a builder, knows that reality is not socially constructed. You can't argue with a brick. There are physical impacts of actions and everyone who pushes up against the physical world knows this. You can fool a person, but you can't fool a tractor or a flood. Pursue feedback from the real world. You will be less likely to blame others for your errors. A note on religion. Religion and ritual can be literally false, but metaphorically true. If believed and acted out, there are better evolutionary outcomes for the individual and society. Mythology, therefore, is a function of biology. Religion and ritual are expensive, they are resource and time intensive, and they carry significant opportunity cost. If religion was maladaptive, the huge cost would have been a major vulnerability. You could say, let's forget about all that religious garbage, all you have to do is work hard and you'll be right. But you can't. It doesn't seem to work. Religiosity, therefore, is adaptive. It is an efficient encapsulation of past wisdom wrapped in an instructive package. What to do next? Explicitly aim to be an adult. Become aware of what marketing and social media are trying to make you think. Keep learning and updating your mental maps. Revive or create rites of passage in your life. Seek out physical reality. Put your phone down now. Learn how to take and give constructive criticism. We have mostly freed ourselves from the natural order that created us. Successfully exploiting opportunity has allowed us to raise the number of individuals that our habitat can support. We have evolved so that growth feels good. The problem with our obsession with growth is it is unsustainable and we behave destructively to continue feeding our addiction. There are three types of historical frontiers. Geographic, technological and transfer of resource. Transfer of resources is basically theft from another people's and can take the form of logging ancestral lands, predatory financial lending, student debt and the Holocaust. Consciousness can point the way to a fourth frontier. We need to find a sustainable way to survive on this planet and consciousness will be required to generate the novel solutions we need. The fourth frontier is the idea that we can create a state that feels like growth but abides by the laws of physics and game theory that control reality. Don't optimise for a single value, no matter how honourable, as it will lead to the collapse of all other values. Relentlessly test new prototypes, knowing you won't know what the idea end state will look like. The system developed needs to be anti-fragile, resistant to capture and based on an evolutionary stable strategy. The potential obstacles are many. Society needs to grow up and understand trade-offs. You cannot maximise freedom and justice. Everything has a trade-off. We also need to understand diminishing returns, unintended consequences, negative externalities, and the finite nature of resources. Society is geared for throughput. 
and this is measured as growth through more and more goods and services. If something positive interrupts demand for a good, it shows up as a negative in economic terms, reducing waste, extending the life of products, reducing reliance on overseas suppliers all result in less consumption and therefore less growth. These are all bad things under our current economic models. The existential fate we face as we take on this challenge is old, but the global scale of the problem is new. Society is obsessed with short-term harm because it is easy to detect and regulate. Good regulation is a key ingredient in any functional complex system to address the long-term harm. Regulation, when done right, liberates people to explore even further. We are facing an existential crisis and must be able to grow up, discard utopianism and accept trade-offs. Okay, so what have you learned by listening to this? You are an ancient body operating in a modern world. Understand trade-offs and don't get rid of something just because you don't know what it does. Remember the appendix in the large intestine. Modern medicine takes an engineering approach to the human body. First steps should be to listen to your body, move every day, get some sun and spend time in uncontrolled nature. Food is a hellish landscape filled with artificial products designed to hack your sensory systems and trick you into consuming poison. Eat whole organisms, reject GMOs and vegetable oils, don't reduce food to its components and don't become obsessed with one-dimensional diets. Indoor lighting is triggering our brain to think the sun is constantly high in the sky. Allow the sun to set your sleep-wake pattern, develop a ritual in advance of sleep, Keep your bedroom dark and use a red light for reading before bed. Avoid sex without commitment and recognise that the differences between men and women contribute to our collective strength as a species. Spend time forming meaningful bonds with your partner. Avoid dating apps and breastfeed your children. Children are hidden from risk and micromanaged in the Western world. Encourage active engagement with physical work and play without adult supervision. You'll raise better adults if you do. School should teach children to be curious, to honour good rules and question bad ones. They should also teach the value of knowing something real about the physical world. Marketing makes adults behave at their most immature, sabotaging the core values required to become a healthy and functioning member of society. Explicitly aim to be an adult. Be selective in the media you consume. Keep learning. Take criticism and put the phone down now. Action. If you've enjoyed this sketch, go get the book, read it and share it with your friends. You'd be a fool not to take advantage of all the actionable information that Brett and Heather have so meticulously packaged into a book for you. Use these posts as a way to find new books and as a way to refresh and better remember books that you've read. If you've got any questions on this book or suggestions for any books you'd like to see summarised here, hit me up on Twitter at TheDavidHart. Next up in the Selfers Lab series is The Bitcoin Standard by Saifdina Moose, a book that is essential to understanding the incredible invention that is Bitcoin. To read the writing behind this podcast, subscribe on Substack. Connect with me on Twitter. If you think this is worth something, consider supporting me on Patreon. Thanks for listening.